So the Lord here in the second half of this verse, he answers David's prayers, David's prayer. Right in the margin of your Bible, 15, verse, uh, 15 colon 31, because that's in, the, in, this, in this book, in 2 Samuel, chapter 15, 31, notice the prayer of David, because back in that, in that chapter, if you remember, we were there not too long ago, someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom, and David said, and here's his prayer, O Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. It's clearly remarkable evidence of the hand of God and an answer to David's prayer that Absalom even asked for another opinion from Hushai, David's trusted friend and spy, after such wise, well-received counsel from Ahithophel. We can only imagine that Hushai's heart sank when he heard of the smart plan Ahithophel suggested. He had to quickly think of a counterplan so that he could defeat the council of Ahithophel. We can see, as our study continues, that God is in control of all of this, just as he is for us. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching, already in progress. ...among the people who follow Absalom, and even he who is valiant, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt completely, for all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant men. Therefore, I advise that all Israel be fully gathered to you, not just 12,000, but hundreds of thousands. Gather them all together to you, from Dan, which is in the north, to Beersheba in the south, like the sand that is by the sea for multitude, and that you go to battle in person, and so we will come upon him in some place where he may be found, and we will fall on him as the dew falls on the ground, and of him and all the men who are with him there shall not be left so much as one. (laughs) So Ahithophel was not only going to kill David and bring back Absalom, or bring back to Absalom uh, everybody from Jerusalem. But now Hushai gives a plan that not only will David die, but everyone who is with him. And the plan was too much for Absalom to refuse. It just hit him right in the sweet spot. He's like, oh, I would have paid for that counsel. I just, man, this guy, Hushai, he's one of my guys now. He knows right where I'm at. He's, he's, he's caught the, the, the passion. He's caught everything, the anger that I've got. He, he's speaking. It's like he's speaking right It's like speaking from, it's like God speaking to me. The plan was too much for him to refuse. More bloodshed, a bigger spectacle. It was well suited for Absalom's ego. Moreover, verse 13, if he has withdrawn into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city, and we will pull it into the river until there is not one stone found again. And again, Hushai's advice, much larger, more aggressive, bigger bloodshed than Ahithophel's device. 
and it was a sure success. Ahithophel's plan might not work because David is a mighty man and his men are valiant. And even with 12,000, David could probably take him, him and his men. But now this plan sounds impregnable. It sounds successful. They would overwhelm them and fall upon them like the dew. It was too irresistible for Absalom to refuse. And by David's friend, Hushai, making this plan, it would give David and those with him enough time to retreat, to get, to get fed, to get uh, rest, a safer location, and form his battle plan from there. And that's one thing you don't want your enemy to do is to give them time to recuperate and give them time to amass an army. And that's exactly what this plan did. And that's why Hushai brought it to pass. And yet it sounded like the worst plan. And it really was if it actually happened. But Hushai knew that once David crossed that, crossed that river, that he would get men come, coming to his side And David was an excellent strategist when it comes to military. God spoke to him on a number of occasions with the Philistines. No two plans seemed to be the same, and and, and God knew because God had placed him there. God still had a plan for David's life. And when that man is being ordained by God, there is no man on earth who can outwit him and remove him from the place that God has placed him. It's a fool's errand. It's futile to do this. Any man should know that when God has called a man, you better leave that man alone and let him do what God has told him to do, or you will suffer. You will suffer untold miseries, freakish miseries. And even God says this, that I am going to bring tragedy, destruction upon Absalom. That's God's words. In fact, look in verse, uh, actually, we're going to get there. Right now, actually. Verse 14. So Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the advice of Hushai the archite is better than the advice of Ahithophel. And Ahithophel's going, oh my goodness. I've been the big cheese all this time. I've been the guy. Everybody's paying me, you know. They're sending me money through PayPal, and I got this. I'm I'm doing so well, and the bank account's full, and I've got this great reputation. and, And now this other guy, he's coming along, and... I am kind of getting old and starting to lose a little hair on the top. And I just don't know. I don't think I got the mojo anymore. I'm done. And God's like, yes. Because you didn't follow me, because you still raged in your heart, when I forgave David, you are still hating him and plotting his assassination. Well, guess what, Ahithophel? You will be dead, and David will live. Notice, so Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the advice of Hushai the archite is better than the advice of Ahithophel. Notice, and underline this in your Bible, this is huge. For the Lord had purpose to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel. It was actually pretty good. When you compare the two plans, one was surgical, only took out one man. The other one obliterated everybody. It was actually a good plan. But God overthrew his plan. And why did he do it? It tells us right here. For the Lord had purpose to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel. Why? To the intent that the Lord might bring disaster upon Absalom. That was the plan that God had, even though Ahithophel had a different plan. God's go, I've got a plan. And unfortunately, 
the one who listened to that plan, it was all because of his bloodlust and his ego that he fell for Hushai's plan. Much bigger, bloodier, more spectacle. It would be on the front page of every newspaper. Everybody would get it to their inbox. So the Lord here in the second half of this verse, he answers David's prayers, David's prayer. Right in the margin of your Bible, 15, verse, uh, 15 colon 31, because that's in, the, in, this, in this book, in 2 Samuel, chapter 15, 31, notice the prayer of David, because back in that, in that chapter, if you remember, we were there not too long ago, someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom, and David said, and here's his prayer, O Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And he did. Even though it was a better plan as far as collateral damage is concerned, only one guy would have gotten hit. It would have been a surgical attack on David only. (laughs) But God says, you know, that makes sense. But because of Absalom's heart, there's going to be a plan that he's going to take like a shark to a seal. He's going to take to it like a shark, a great white shark to a seal. He's going to go after it because of his bloodlust and his pride. So then Hushai said to Zadok and Abiathar the priests, Thus and so Ahithophel advised Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and so have I advised. Now therefore, send quickly. Remember, before David left Jerusalem, he had left Zadok and Abiathar the, the priests there to oversee the temple and its precincts. He left them there to be a mole. They wanted to go with him, but he says, you know what, guys? I know your heart is to come with me, but stay back. I'm going to need you there for intelligence. And Hushai, Hushai wanted to go with David. David says, no, Hushai, you'd be more help to me if you could go back. And when you hear about the plans, you send them to your two sons, because Zadok and Abiathar, they each had sons. One was Ahimaaz, and the other one was Jonathan. And they were waiting outside the Jerusalem walls. And we'll look at that. So notice, now therefore, send quickly and tell David, saying, Do not spend this night in the plains of the wilderness. And and, and Hushai tells Zadok and Abiathar this. But speedily cross over the Jordan River, lest the king, speaking of Absalom, and all the people who are with him be swallowed. uh, Actually, I'm sorry about that. Now therefore, send quickly and tell David, saying, Do not spend this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily cross over, lest the king and all the people who are with him, be swallowed up, speaking of David and his entourage. But notice verse 17. Now Jonathan, who was Zadok's son, and Ahimaaz, Abiathar's son, they stayed at Enrogal, for they dared not be seen coming into the city, so a female servant would come to them and tell them where, uh, what, um, and they would go and they would finally tell King David. This place, Enrogal, is, remember that map that I showed you of, of the Temple Mount, and then you had this, uh, strip down here in the southern part of it called the City of David or Zion. Well, right to the south of that, there is the Hinnom Valley, and then you have the, the Kidron Valley going this direction. So right where the, Kin- the Hinnom Valley and the Kidron Valley meet, uh, down there in the southern part, right beyond that, there was a well called Enrogel, and this is where Zadok and Abiathar's sons waited for word. So what happened was, Hushai tells Zadok and Abiathar, Zadok and Abiathar send a young girl to go tell his two, their two sons who are in the outskirts of the city. 
And then those two young men would run and they would cross the Jordan and they would find David in the wilderness and say, David, you better get across. Go now, just in case. Get, get over there and get ready. And so that's exactly what happened. But nevertheless, a lad saw them, a young man, and told Absalom. But both of them went away quickly and came to a man's house in Baharim. This is that, that little village just on the outskirts of the, of the road as you make your way from Jerusalem down to Jericho, which is near the Jordan Plain where you would cross the Jordan River, of course. But, so these two men go to Baharim, and, who had, and there was a man who lived there who had a court and a well in his court, and they went down into this well. And then the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and spread ground grain on it, and the thing was not known. So she camouflaged where these men were. And this is so reminiscent to me. If you, you remember when the two spies came out of, uh, of Egypt, before they went into the Promised Land, Joshua sent two spies in, and they went into Jericho. And remember the Rahab, the harlot? She hid the two men on the roof of her house and covered them with flax. Remember? When the men came and were like, who are these men who are with you? We know they're spies. And she hid them up there, very reminiscent of the same kind of thing, except these two young men are in the bottom of a well. And, you know, I love the fact that God always has a faithful remnant at the right place at the right time. When we don't, we're not even aware of it. You could break down in your car and you'd be on a, somewhere out in the middle of Colorado and it's December and it's snowing and it's about midnight. And God always has a remnant, and your cell phone died because it's out of range, and your battery died, and your car is out of gas, and you're like, if somebody doesn't find me, I'm toast. And then all of a sudden, you look up and you see uh, some headlights coming. Headlights coming. As they get closer and closer, you can hear a sound coming from the car. You know, how great is our God? Sing with me. And you're like, oh my gosh, a Christian. And sure enough, it is. And they're like, man, the Lord told me to come out here. He spoke to me. I was eating dinner. He says, go out to the road about three miles down. And I did, and here you are. Thank you, man. Praise the Lord. These things happen, by the way. These things really happen. So, when Absalom's servants came to the woman at the house, they said, where are Ahimez and Jonathan? So the woman said to them, they've gone over the water brook. And when they had searched and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. And now it came to pass, verse 21, after they had departed, that they came up out of the well, and they went and they told King David and said to David, Arise and cross over the water quickly, for thus has Ahithophel advised against you. So David and all the people who were with him arose and crossed over the Jordan. Notice that he tells them that Ahithophel's plan now, it seems, though, that Absalom was going to go with Hushai's plan, right? But after they leave, they're thinking to themselves, hey, you know what? Anything can change. What's the worst possible scenario that happens? That Absalom says, you know what, Hithophel? I had second thoughts. Take your men and, and go after them. So these guys are saying, David, get out of town. Cross the river. And, and, and get it on. And so that's exactly what they do because that's what they needed to do just in case the king, Absalom, changed his mind or the would-be king, the false king. <laughs> we had changed it, the fake king. Um, so David and all the people who were with him arose. They crossed over the Jordan, still going eastward. And by morning light, not one of them was left who had not gone over to Jordan. Now when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, he saddled a donkey he arose and went to his house, to his city. 
Then he put his household in order, and he hanged himself, and he died, and he was buried in his father's tomb. And you know what? I wonder, was this worth killing oneself over? Granted, he felt like he was one-upped by this Hushai, and all of a sudden, maybe for the first time in a very long time, his advice wasn't followed. And his heart was so filled with pride. You know people like that? Are you like that? Are you, are you, have you gotten so proud, maybe in, in a skill or in a, an ability or, or something that you possess, and all of a sudden some other upstart comes and takes your job away? And he, you, know, you, you came into the job and you didn't have a degree, but you worked for 30 years, and you can do it better than anybody. You know the ins and outs of the thing, but now this guy who's got a bachelor or a master's degree, who's never had any experience, he comes in, and your boss looks at you and goes, uh, I want you to train him because in two weeks you're done. And you're like, but this guy doesn't have any practical experience. It took me 15 years to get to know our clients, to know their needs, to be able to understand. It doesn't matter. He's got a master's degree. But, no, he's got a master's degree. But you don't, no, he's got a master's degree. Okay, I get it. He's got a master's degree. Good grief. There's a point in there I was making, by the way. But was his life, was it really worth killing himself over? Sometimes a person can be so proud that when they're disrespected, they can't face themselves again, and, and they, can't, they don't even want to face anybody else again. And is it possible that Ahithophel was filled with so much anger and unforgiveness that he could not stand to live anymore, so he takes his own life? Pride had overtook him like a garment coming over him. And I want to say something. Your life, folks, to God, and even Ahithophel's life, means much more than what we could ever do for him. No matter what abilities or uh, your reputation, no matter your influence, your gifting, your, it doesn't matter. Your life means more to God than what you could ever do for him, or even for the world for that matter. Even if you really are a loser. I hate to say that word, but some people are like, you know, I, I'm, I really am a loser. I've got no education. I've got nothing. Everything's falling apart. I've got no skills. I can't even, I can't even boil water. You know, there, there are people like that. But you know what? God loves that person. And no one is exempt from God's love. He loves fiercely. And that life means more to him than any Fortune 500 company CEO could ever mean. But the truth of the matter is he loves all the same. He loves all the same. He doesn't look one or another regardless. He doesn't care whether you're rich or poor. He doesn't care about anything about your demographic. He loves you because he created you in his image. He loves you. And you are a candidate for salvation. So never think to yourself, I'm just not as good as somebody else. Listen, there's always going to be somebody better than us. Somebody's going to be better looking, more talented, more gifted. Always. There'll be somebody always better than us. But is it worth killing yourself over? Is it worth ending your life, you know? Give it a week. Give it a couple weeks, and you'll probably find you'll, you'll, you'll feel differently about it. But boy, at the heat of the moment, People have committed suicide because they're just so down in the dumps. They've lost this job, and they used to have this really great reputation. And the next thing you know, they're sitting in their house, you know, having their pity party. Not, not, not to belittle them or anything, because people get there emotionally. And they're drinking the Jack Daniels, and they're looking over at that revolver. Looking awfully friendly, that revolver. Right? Don't do it. It's not worth it. But for Ahithophel's case, he was so filled with pride. What does it tell us in Proverbs 16, verse 18? Pride goes before destruction. 
Isn't that what we see right now? Pride goes before destruction. He was so proud, it was leading him to destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. It even tells us in the same chapter, in the 25th verse, there is a way which seems right to a man, but the end of it is the way of death. It's the way of death. So then David went to Mahanaim, and Absalom crossed over the Jordan. Now, Mahanaim is this place on the east side of the Jordan River. If you were to look at a map of Israel, and um, like you'd have um, the Jordan River kind of dividing Israel, and on the east side of that Jordan River, somewhere midpoint between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea, right there in the middle, there's a river called the Jabbok River on the east side. Right there in that Jabbok River, right in the center, right near that river, is this place called Mahanaim. And it was a wonderfully, uh, it was a great refuge because all around it you had these craggy rocks. It was very well fortified. That's why when, when Saul was killed, remember, his son Ishbosheth went to Mahanaim to make that his place of, of habitation and a place where he would come out from, sort of like his military capital city in a sense. And so now that both of them are dead, Now David goes over to that city and he takes up residence in it and begins to form his battle plan, begins to amass men to join him. And so um, notice in verse 25, And Absalom made uh, Amasa captain of the army instead of Joab. And this Amasa was the son of a man whose name was Jithra, an Israelite who had gone into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, the sister of Zeruiah, Joab's Mother. So what this means is that Amasa is um, uh, he's the, the, the son of Abigail, and Abigail was David's half sister, because David uh, had a, a two stepsisters or two half sisters, Zeruiah and Abigail. Many believe that it was um, Jesse, David's father, actually had a um, He had a wife, and they had those eight sons, including David. But prior to that, she was married to another man, and had uh, his name was um, Nahash, and he and he had two girls as well. Abigail and uh, Zeruiah were those two ladies, we believe. And so these are the two ladies. Um, And Amasa, he was the um, the son of Abigail. And you can cross-reference that with 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. But going on now, so we know who Amasa is actually related now to David. So Absalom takes him on, under his wing since Joab had left with David, who is now in Mahanaim on the eastern side of the Jordan River. So verse 26, Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead, which is that whole area. Like if you were, again, when you have that Jordan River going down uh, Israel on the eastern side of that Jordan River, that whole land area over there on the eastern side is called Gilead, and that is where Mahanaim was along the Jabbok River going west to east. So it happened when David came to Mahanaim that Shobai, the son of Nahash, from uh, Rabbah of the people of Ammon, and Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodibar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite from Ojelam, that they... um, that they brought beds and raisins and earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched seeds and honeys and curds, 
sheep and cheese of the herd for David and the people who were with him to eat. For, for they said, the people are indeed hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. I'm sorry, that concludes our program for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.